Welcome back to Open to Truth, a podcast all about exploring big ideas and discovering truth together. My name's Clint. Hi, I'm Tony. Welcome back. And I wanted to do a quick, maybe not quick, we'll see how long this goes, yeah. but a raw, uncut reaction video yeah. to the current events. Open to Truth reacts. Uh, we're recording this on Friday. Uh, this took place on Wednesday. Uh, what's What went on at Capitol Hill? And yeah, I haven't had a ton of time. I, I work a full-time job and have a family, so I've been tending to those responsibilities. So not a ton of time to really sit down and think about all the implications of mm-hmm. what happened and all that it means. But I thought it would be a pro it was as I sat down this morning to kind of like prep our recording session. I'm like, nothing looms larger. It'd be weird not to talk about it. Yeah. Or yeah. acknowledge it. This is what way. people are thinking about. Yeah. So let's I think what I want to do in this conversation is to the best of my ability, as far as I am along in the journey of the intellectual virtues, and I have not yet arrived, mm-hmm. but to model what I wish conversations about this topic would get to um, and, and demonstrate. So. Yeah. Okay. So it's probably worth us recapping, at least in short. I'm sure everybody's seen some news, so we, we're not going to spill out the whole thing because there's plenty of content on YouTube you can go and watch to find out exactly what happened. Mm-hmm. But it's probably worth recapping some of the events. Yeah, I'll do my best. Okay. And of course, uh, I'm curating a little bit here. I'm not yep. giving you a shot for shot action replay of what happened. And yep. Maybe I apologize if I use a wrong word to describe. You might prefer another one to describe an event, but just trying to get the basic uh, yep, the, flow the gist of what happened. So... Uh, you have a whole group of people that are Trump supporters, let's call them, and they are upset about the election being stolen from Trump. They seem a lot of them seem to possess a belief yep. like that that yep. there was uh, massive voter fraud. Uh, I think that's looming large in their minds that um, something about how the ballots were tallied, yep. collected, um, and counted. You know. Something fraudulent happenings took place to where now Biden is the president-elect and Trump is not. Yeah. So they are having a rally at Capitol Hill. You know, the decision is being made January 6th. Like, we are, uh, I think it's the term is certifying the, well, the votes have been certified. The electoral votes have been certified at the state level. And now we're like, we're officially counting them yep. um, at Capitol Hill. Congress is doing this. Yeah. So it seems like I think in their minds, like this is the last stand. Yeah. It's about to become really official. Yeah. Yeah. And certainly like some people in the media and politicians were making this seem like this was a monumental moment. Yep. Uh, Trump gets up and gives a speech at this rally, uh, reiterating that the election has been stolen from him. We're not going to give up. We're not going to concede. Let's march to Capitol Hill. Um, and yeah, like stay strong, I think was a word, a phrase that he mentioned. Yeah. Uh, I think he indicated that he would lead the march. Uh, he but, said he'll be down there with you. Oh, yeah, down yeah. there with you. I'll be with you. Uh, that didn't happen. But, <laughs> he quickly went back into uh, the White House. <laughs> but they went, and um, I, I don't have, I don't feel like I have a firm grip on the exact numbers, like how many people were yeah, there. Yeah, I guess I don't know, though. Or how many people were like the really amped up. Agitated Not ones. every single person that was present made it into the Capitol building. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, so it was a certain percentage of that. Um, but we're, you know, pushing down police barriers 
uh, breaking a window or multiple windows climbing on the Capitol walls. building, climbing walls, and people breached the Capitol building. Yeah, and so you, I also you have, don't know how long it was peaceful before they start. Like I don't know if they just arrived and immediately stormed the building, right? Or if they hung out there for a while and then the gradually the peaceful protest wasn't and working. The, um, I'm, maybe those details are already out there at this moment we're recording. I haven't had time to fully look into that yet, mm-hmm. so I'm in, I'm trying to admit uh, honesty yeah, yeah. and humility. I don't know all those details. I don't think that it would change a ton about at the philosophical level how to think about this but it's worth knowing like yeah. the exact time frame and how many people we're talking about but we've seen some of the disturbing images of like oh, man. barbarian man <laughs> sitting on or like standing in the yeah um the congressional building and these like seats of power and prestige and honor are being like tainted uh, yeah and it's demeaned it, right right it's it's supposed to be a a, a very solemn or serious place and it's clear yeah these dudes are having a laugh you know right right They're dressed up in costume it feels like the abomination that causes desolation like it's just desecrating right, right. capitol hill like it wouldn't even have felt like an ex- that big of an extra step we're taking if they were just to take a dump Tunk on it. It, yeah they're taking a dump on our democracy is <laughs> yeah. what they're doing yeah <laughs> that's what it feels like um i believe one person was killed mm-hmm um, by Capitol Police. Police, yeah. And I don't know. I don't think there are more than that. That's all I heard of. I know some police officers were injured mm-hmm. ended up in the hospital. But I think it was just that woman who was killed. Uh, and, yeah, like, I, I would call what they did, uh, like, the the people that... I, here's what I would want to say. Once you cross the line into using vandalism mm-hmm. or violence to communicate, yep. now, you ha- now you are a rioter. Yeah. Um, it's criminal what you're and doing. i don't know if that necessarily means that you're a terrorist at that point like, yeah th- that's a different level i think that that was reached in this story mm-hmm. but there's like you can be a protester and then you start to use violence now you're a rioter they were armed too right so they didn't go in shooting but they were armed weren't they uh i don't know the like, people inside the capitol building or uh, yes that's what i'm like an intru- was an intruder armed with a that's what i want to know assault weapon yeah yeah i uh, i don't know I, they were. but yeah maybe okay well it seems important yeah i think that person should when probably... i think about a terrorist attack i think you've, yeah. you've breached a government building and with weapons brandished you know that's a pretty big mm-hmm. deal if that's the yeah, case yeah. So I should and certainly that. like trying to cause terror yeah to the people in the building yeah yeah you know senators are taking cover and their staff and yeah yeah it's it was horrific yeah. um Ben Shapiro called it the worst day in modern American politics, <laughs> yeah. or like the worst thing yep. that's happened since nine eleven. Um, mm. Now it's just kind of I hadn't thought of it that way yet when I heard that, and yeah, maybe I was just kind of trying to think of what would be worse. I mean, uh, just before we started, I mentioned maybe the Las Vegas shooting, like a ton of people died, and that was mm-hmm. like just a lot of loss of life. So yeah, it's just kind of hard to weigh these things. But in terms of like. It was really disturbing. Um, yeah, it's seats of power being desecrated. Even on the global stage, it's like, it's embarrassing. Yeah. Pa- it's partially embarrassing. It really looks like America doesn't have its act together in some way. Or there's mm-hmm. some serious discord going on, you know? Right. If we're reaching this stage. So, right. Yeah. The thing that I have found interesting about all of this is 
the you mentioned barbarian man Mm -hmm. i don't know if you saw that tweet but so the dude who you're referencing is wearing this he's wearing like a viking helmet and whatever else he's got tattoos or whatever so he was also at a bunch of blm protests and riots in arizona earlier Mm. in the summer and so here you have somebody i think pretty clear and i think in a crowd like that you have some people who do we know that for sure that he the i'm i'm trusting a tweet so by all means fact check me tell me what's wrong but either way i think what you end up with in in riots like these i think you have some some actors who are so agitated by the feeling like the election's stolen whatever they really just want to demonstrate then i think you have some people who are just looking for an excuse to act out like I saw footage of, um, you know, the media is there. People just coming up and knocking over their, like, their camera equipment, destroying all of their stuff. Mm-hmm. It's like, man, th- these these people, that person who owns that camera has not done anything wrong to hurt you. They're trying to anyway. document this important yeah. moment. And all you're doing is wanting to cause chaos and damage and, like, get your anger out. And in that in that state, who knows how much of that is political agitation versus i'm upset that my wife left me and all the other personal little psychological things mm-hmm. that could be going on to just oh permission to cause chaos hell yeah i'm doing this because the chances of me personally getting caught mm-hmm. probably pretty low i'm safe in a mob so i can chuck a rock through a window and get some of my yayas out you know right. in a re- in our last blog post i referred to it as the the goldilocks tonic of ideology and the madness of crowds oh, <laughs> like the perfect yeah, mixture yeah, of, yeah. of where just being hyped up in that moment yeah uh, i'm sure it's exhilarating yeah like we're it's real something's really happening it's going down yep um and the the because you're in this mob or this sea of people there is a degree of anonymity there or at least maybe feels like it and i think it would be easy to trick yourself into thinking that you are not personally responsible for what this mob does. Mm. But, and I think there's really each person in the mob is individually responsible for their own participation in it. In in some ways, there's no such thing as the mob, you know, it's a bunch of individuals acting out. So that's a real, this is a good segue to Mm. like a, a reaction to this that I've seen that I'd like just to talk about openly. Yeah. Is... You have a number of media figures and maybe uh, like politicians on the the left or liberal side of the aisle um, condemning conservatives for their you that you are complicit in this by yeah. virtue of having elected or voted for Donald Trump in the past or even just like being at uh, and maybe at a small a lower level like just being at the protest yep. in virtue of being there you bear some responsibility for what happened and i just think it's interesting you you were bringing that up of um yeah just to what degree does an individual have responsibility for somebody else's actions right yeah well good good like i I, and i sit here feeling like um like i have i lean conservative yeah i'm feeling and facts don't care about my feelings i do understand that but i don't feel very responsible for what they did to the Capitol building. Right. Just Clinton. You know? Well, it's, since you don't condone any of it. No. Right. I, like, I do reject it. Yeah, yeah. It's... Well, we were even talking about this earlier. It, 
I wonder if it's a case of sort of the no true Scotsman thing. Like, you've got you've got this political spectrum, the left and the right. You've got extremes on either side, and mm-hmm. I think on both sides you've got so you've got people who you know throughout this summer BLM protests turning violent, turning into riots at, at times, mm-hmm. looting that sort of thing. And I think you've got a bunch of people on the left who are like, hey, that is not helping us at all. Like, let's not be violent. Yeah, yeah. Um, and same thing now on the right, you've got people who are way off the deep end storming Capitol mm-hmm. Hill. And is it Capitol Hill? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I think you've got a large swath of conservatives who would say, we don't condone this at all. This doesn't represent how we want to conduct ourselves in this political landscape. And this yeah. isn't appropriate. So, so here's some examples of that. Like, um, let me, because I feel like maybe what I said might have been confusing okay. or like trying to assuage a wound or something. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I feel very similarly to, I feel a very similar lack of responsibility for what Westboro Baptist Church does when they protest funerals of soldiers. Even though you call yourself a Christian. Right. Yeah. I view them as very unrepresentative of <laughs> yeah. Christianity. Yes. Um, and the teachings of Jesus. So yeah. I feel like I can. I feel properly distanced from that. Like this is clearly an extremist group. It's one little church. Yeah. Um, that's doing these like yeah, that's a good analogy. Really rough protests at funerals. So, uh, even if like someone at that like the average person at that protest, like that person and myself might share a value. Let's say uh, being pro life. Mm-hmm. I I feel very unrepresented by them and their actions in that moment. <laughs> yeah. Um. And so I don't feel like any the things that I do or believe are like are responsible for that mm-hmm. course of action. It's not one that I endorse. Yeah. I, I don't think I would ever be, do that. Right. Um, <laughs> and as for you know someone's like someone like Trump's level of responsibility. For this that's maybe an interesting that's discussion a gr- another great fact factor he, to th- i don't about. think at any point he did not call for violence he came on uh made a tv appearance telling people to go home mm-hmm. and whatnot but at the same time said but our election was stolen from us but don't do violence respect the police etc so on the one hand he's he's not calling people to storm the building and act violently but he has made a habit of whipping people into sort of an emotional frenzy with the claims about this election being stolen. He is sort of putting some fuel on their fire, at least there. So absolutely bears. Yeah. yeah bears moral responsibility to a degree, to a degree. People yeah. are calling it sedition. I don't, I don't know if I'm prepared to go that far Help with me. it. What's sedition? Uh, just like conspiring to overthrow a government. Well, essentially. I'm gl- okay. Yeah. I'm glad you said that then. Cause the other thing was like, I don't know if these guys had much of a plan once they got in the building. It wasn't like a foreign power coming in to take a seat of power in DC and start right. running the and country. Install or the new exactly regime. It's like we're gonna get in this building and we're gonna muck around and steal the podium and then what? Then what are we doing? Right. I don't really know how much thought there was into it. Or like that. a coup. Was yeah. it really a coup? Were they really trying to overthrow? <laughs> I don't yeah, know. Yeah. It was more like a big statement about how unhappy we are with the system mm-hmm. or, yeah, the theft of an election, if that's really what they believe has taken place. Yeah. And understandably upset. If you really believed that, if you, like, if you just for a moment put on your VR headset or whatever and imagine you're living in a world where you really believe the election was stolen 
suppose suppose the tables were turned, Trump won, and Democrats had a a bunch of them really thought, boy, something shady went on in this election. Trump should not be in. Now, I don't want to say that they would go and storm the Capitol, Capitol building. Who knows what they would do? It's hard to know. But I can at least understand. I can easily imagine when I run that thought experiment, a similar event taking place. And that those who are doing that sort of thing could be thinking that it's patriotic for them to do it. This is our last chance to save America, mm-hmm. the America that we know and love, you know? And I almost wonder, uh, I'm, I'm not like, firmly committed to this idea. It's just kind of pontificating about it. But I almost wonder, just to that point, thinking about would this have happened if the shoe was on the other foot? Yeah. And I almost wondered if it was just kind of an inevitable culminative moment of this whole election cycle yeah. and the, the times we're in of increasing polarization and the social media missed disinformation campaigns and pandemic of that were in. It was a boiling pot. It was about to boil over. Yeah. You know. And so to your point, I think what's really interesting, that's a that's a very virtuous, intellectually virtuous activity to take part in mm-hmm. is to imagine, oh, what would it be what would it really be like to believe what they believe? Yeah. So wow, I th- in that world if I'm one of these uh, rioters. I really think that the election was stolen from the candidate I voted for. I have no real confidence that j- true d- d- democracy will win in the end. Mm-hmm. Um, and so kind of like to hell with the system and let's try to disturb the proceedings of the thing that's about to confirm yeah. the unduly elected official. Yeah. Um, it doesn't justify what they did, but it at least helps you understand. Yeah, for what, whatever that's worth. Might, yeah, yeah. Um, and similarly for the Black Lives Matter, like if you if you were rioting in that moment, yeah, you were taking on the belief that like there's systemic racism in the forms of like the police are hunting us down the streets. Yeah, or I'm being like very. Uh, you know, discriminated against in job hirings and bank loans or what have you. And just all these different systems are against me. And so you you phrase it really interesting a moment ago where I think it could apply to that case as well. Like just an acting out of this, this boiling up of frustration with the system and everything. And so like, okay, businesses aren't hiring me because of Colorado. Screw them. Burn yours down. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Um, which, and I think, there is some symmetry in these two cases of um, like, I think, I think both sides don't have all the facts uh-huh. together and our uh, Sam Harris referred to both as cults, the uh, cult well, of yeah. Trumpism and the cult of wokeism. Yeah. And both are like our doorways to hell in a way. <laughs> That's what he said. Yeah. Um, and the misinformation that and propaganda really that, prop up uh, both of these ideas and they lead to violence in the end yeah um yeah so what do you think as far as implications go Uh, how i think in the same way that like i remember when 9 11 happened and i was 10 11 or something and i'm in australia seeing this on the news about something that happened in america so i'm already kind of removed from it it did not strike me at first just how serious or big of a deal it was. I was mm-hmm. kind of like, oh, a plane flew into some buildings. Doesn't that hap- Doesn't that kind of happen all the time? And 
Is that a that's a really big deal? And I think I mean, similar feeling of ignorance with this, where it's like, okay, I see that that's a real violation, but I don't know how big how big of a deal is this? What are the what does this mean going forward? I mean, presumably the building's all cleaned up now and I don't know how many people were thrown in jail or arrested, if any, but is it business as usual? That was unfortunate, but let's continue. Or are there lasting ripple effects from this? What do you think? Yeah, good question. Well, I'm tempted. Maybe I was, I was going to close with this idea, but um, I, I would like to think, and I think there's some good reasons to think that this could be a step forward for, forward, forward, forward. <laughs> in unity so like if you think about it when's the last time like basically everyone agrees that this was a bad idea yeah i haven't met anybody who was like good on them no <laughs> yeah no 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 yeah yeah i mean very few and far between yeah maybe the relatives <laughs> of the rioters and even then i bet they're really shaking their heads yeah, yeah. and embarrassed um that's in, that's an interesting thing. Like we're all kind of, I think there's this opportunity mm. for us to galvanize around, um, in judgment, on this event that this is this is totally unacceptable. Okay, we've almost like a wake up call. Yeah, like oh boy, like we found rock bottom, yeah. or at least like the last little uh, handhold before you fall down there. Yeah, and can we all agree to like, can we hang on here? Yeah. Like and pull ourselves back up. Let's not devolve into full anarchy. Now, what's I think now the only hang up for this being a moment of unity, and if I could just speak freely. You may. Um I'll allow it. Is that I think a lot of us were, at least on the conservative side, were hoping that the riots in the summer would be this way. <laughs> the wake up call, you mean? Yeah. Yeah. Um in insofar as these are uh, tracks on parallel roads and mm-hmm. I get I, I totally understand that people do not agree with that and there are left-leaning people that think the and this is partially the problem mm-hmm. that the race riots over the summer across many cities in America not yeah. just one location were justified right justified acts of violence you have Chris Cuomo on CNN saying like I didn't read in the rules anywhere that protests had to be peaceful right it's like oh so like a lot of people are thinking like this is that was justified what those people were doing yeah that those people meaning the rioters yes in the cities and so I think some conservatives are, are already feeling like annoyed the double standard at play. The double standard that this is being so hotly condemned, as it should be. Like I agree. I, I, I think sanity in this space urges us to let's not um, justify looting and violence and destruction of property. Yeah. Like yeah. <laughs> right. You know. Yeah. Can I really, we condemn I, it wherever it occurs. Can we just do right. that? And yeah. I think we there was a. I do think there was a missed opportunity for us to galvanize around seeing our cities burn over the summer. Mm-hmm. And like, oh, okay, that was a handhold that we all could have held on to, and then we slipped no, again. No, um, we're on another one. But I, I do think, I think we're in this moment where everyone kind of agrees that this is not okay. Yeah. And it does, and they're not totally the same. I, I, I want to go back to that, and that this takes it to a, a new level of invading, uh, like government prop- property and whatnot, or just, and not even just that, but because th- those were defaced as well. In the summer, you mean? In the summer, yeah, too, yeah. like police stations. And so. But oh, there's totally. something there's something honorific and sacred, if we can use that word, yeah. about these seats of power and the there's symbolism and meaning for all of us. And that, like, yes, 
I, I don't have as an American, I feel less. Um, I, my heart is less tied to the Seattle Police Department building he, yeah. than the Capitol building. Here's what I wanted to say. Here's yeah. a thought that popped into my head. This felt more like an attack on America as an idea than burning of businesses and whatnot throughout. Mm-hmm. That seemed like anger that needed to be taken out somewhere. This seemed directed at. Uh, well, as much as as much as I say that, though, again putting myself in their shoes they think they think they're the, saving america yeah <laughs> yeah they think the idea of america was already defeated or taken yeah, away to, under attack yeah um, that's so fascinating man so it's a, like uh not to i mean there's that n- notion of info wars yeah i know that it's le- it's founder of that actual company is not too popular but um yeah it feels like we're in a war of information mm-hmm. and um, like one of the main reasons that I condemn what they're doing is because I think it is based on total misinformation. Misinformation. Yeah. Um, like I, I, I happen to have the belief that there was a lot of fraud in the election. Um, like a non-zero amount. Like mm-hmm. there were mistakes in the counting and weird issues with balloting. But I, I kind of agree with you. I usually find myself trusting the justice system right there's a particularly legal across process. multiple states and multiple levels yeah where the, and you can go back and look at some of the court proceedings like okay there is this amount of evidence and like yeah we should really look into battening down the hatches of future elections like like florida did florida went through this whole process and it's pretty clean and smooth down there ever since 2000 mm. when this thing was 500 votes apart right. the, the national election came down to 500 b- votes that's crazy i don't i shudder to think of what our world would look like right now if this if election this was had five. been 500 votes apart i mean yeah somehow we held it together in 2000 yeah and no one burnt anything down at least i don't think yeah not not to my recollection um, and Al Gore conceded, and there it was. Like, yep, I lost by 500 votes. Okay. Wow. I had no idea it was that close. Yep. That's crazy. I mean, ish, you know, in that range, 560 yeah. or something. But I'm with you. I, there's a legal process that's taken place. Sufficient evidence to overturn the election has not surfaced or been right. presented. And that's crucial. Like, enough to overturn it. Like, yeah, yeah you found hundreds or thousands of uh, case fraudulent instances. Yeah. But look, you need, like, tens of thousands and hundreds of thousands. Yeah. And it's I think it's worth, enough. I'm not in those positions to make that decision. It's worth asking, uh, like, what's that boundary line of when overturn? I actually don't yeah. know what that percentage is. Like, yeah. if I found one crappy ballot, that's not enough to overturn it. Yeah. If I found 10% of the total vote yeah. was called into question, yeah, ah, well, maybe we should. Yeah. You know, it's, um, but either way, that process has unfolded and um, the legal system hasn't found sufficient evidence to overturn anything but these folks i mean you if you whip yourself into enough of a narrative mm-hmm. i don't think there'd be any talking some of these folks out of it yeah well the legal system's corrupt the what, judges are all they've got what is a conspiracy theory what is that is there a de- there's probably a technical definition probably is but i think it's something like um a conspiracy a conspiracy theory is one who's precepts are essentially ad hoc stories to fill in gaps of missing yeah. evidence yeah yeah so um you just add on another layer to the story that itself doesn't have evidence but yeah. you use it to 
uh, to backfill. To, yeah, there's a hole in the ship that's leaking water, and you slap on another aspect of the story. Um, but that thing has holes in it, and too, it so you keep slapping on. Yeah, you end up with this hole. So, <laughs> so a conspiracy theorist type of story here would be, uh, oh, well, the reason that they're not the, that sufficient evidence isn't surfacing is because the judges and officials are in the tank for Biden yeah. and wouldn't allow the evidence to come through in the courtroom. Right. It's like, oh, okay. Well, and so then you have to wonder, okay, what's your evidence for that? Like, oh, it's hidden and there's shadow cabals of figures giving money to them or yeah, threatening yeah. families. And you, at some point you just have to ask yourself, like, am I in the grips of a conspiracy theory? Yeah. And just endorsing things without evidence because I want a different outcome mm-hmm. or it's fun. Yeah. Sometimes it's just fun to think of a conspiracy theory. Yeah, yeah. You ever read that subreddit on Reddit? No. Mate, late at night when you're just feeling like... What's a, it called? I think it's just called conspiracy theories. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's just some crazy ones. Like the pyramids were created by That's fun a- to think aliens. About. Like, oh, yeah, yeah that'd be... What a, what a what twist. A, that'd be so interesting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that is lamentable. That it seems like a lot of people... I think you... I think to break into the capitol building there's some amount of that that you've bought into that has to be yeah i think so yeah just given given the numbers of it like how few people did that compared to how many people voted for trump yeah right you know 68 or 70 million whatever it is that's a lot of people yeah and hundreds of people were there thousands so yeah. pretty small Man. amount well anything else to cover as a initial reaction no i just i I just want to piggyback off of your thing about unity. I would hope that because, you know, anytime something like this happens, people take to social media to spout their opinions and yeah and whatnot. And the conversations I've seen, at least, on social media have not been super unifying. Um, and I'm I'm just wondering if this will be the, the unifying moment that we hope it might be. The other thing that happened on Wednesday that maybe flew under the radar a bit more given that most of the focus was was what on what took place in the building was um twitter shutting down or suspending trump's account for i think it was a 12-hour ban Mm -hmm. or something i'm not sure is he still off it no i think he's back on now i don't know i think it was just a 12-hour suspension um and I mean, that's a monumental. That's a big move. Occurrence. That's a big thing for a, one of these social media platforms to silence the president of the United States. That's just a. It's a bit of a line in the sand, or it at least mm-hmm. communicates something about. Like, oh, that's a thing that can happen. That's a now. thing that can happen now, and I think there's a really interesting discussion to be had there about free speech. These platforms are these platforms. Do they owe anybody free speech? I mean, they're private companies looking to make a buck. Ultimately. I kind of think ultimately they set their own terms of service and it's, they're not they're not a public service like it's not government censorship this is a private company determining what mm-hmm. determining what will and won't be allowed on their platform and I think they have the right to do that but it is interesting um, that because these things are more and more becoming uh, like utilities that everyone uses, mm-hmm. you know, or like social spaces. It's becoming like the town square yeah. for the nation, for the so, world. So we really should be thinking carefully about when to turn off the lights for somebody. Yeah. So yeah, like, yeah. I don't know, you just never hear this talked about, which is frustrating, but 
for those in the philosophy circle, I mean, maybe, maybe not so more any, much anymore now, sadly, but most people are reading John Stuart Mill, if you came up through your undergrad. And he has a pretty simple little idea about free speech that's been really popular. Mm. So, uh, yeah, we should you should have the liberty to speak freely unless you do one of four things. So, uh, you know, where your speech is uh, stoking public unrest or like bad decisions. So in the um, sense of yelling fire in a movie theater when it's untrue. Yeah. And you've caused, you know, when people are scrambling and you're, you are, you are now liable for that speech and any damages that happen yeah. as a result of that. You just can't do that. Yeah. Or, Which yeah. I think is what people would say Trump was essentially doing. Not that he's screaming fire in a movie theater, but he's screaming fraudulent election in the face of a lack so of So that's not quite it. There's an another one crowd. where um, there's the inciting of violence. Mm. And usually how that's talked about is where the speech act is the straw that broke the camel's back. Or it's, uh, you know, like it's very directly related to what happened. So uh, I, know I saw some commentators saying like it doesn't quite violate what Trump did. doesn't quite violate that mm. and is, is not technically seditious because... He did not say, okay, and we're breaking down the doors of the Capitol and we're yeah. taking it over. That yeah, would yeah. have, I, I think, in, in my opinion, that would have crossed the line and now counted oh, yeah. as unprotected speech. Yeah. Uh, because you have a, a rabid, <laughs> frothing at the mouth mob almost. Yeah. Uh, and then that's kind of the tipping uh, point. If, you, if, that spe- if, that, if those words had not been said, this would not have happened. And it's like right at the tipping point. And maybe even, it might even have to do with a little bit of uh, physical approximation mm-hmm. that might play into it too it's, mm-hmm. it makes it trickier in the digital age yeah um slander you're no longer you're, you are now liable for damages that result from like intentional yeah slander uh and the other one i forget what the exact term is but i know it's like sometimes protected under what's called the fighting words doctrine <laughs> um so to where you your speech is no longer protected if it's in effect like throwing a punch with your speech. Oh my gosh. Like imagine Dude, that's all of Twitter. What the heck? That's what Twitter is, is people throwing verbal punches at each other. Uh, and and so literally it's more like um a, a classic case is given in a face to face encounter, uh, if someone slugs you yeah. after having said something so vulgar vulgar, they might not be actually held responsible for the punch. Really? That's a f- called the fighting words doctrine. There are some things so egregious that if someone screamed it in your face, you are not necessarily accountable. Like, you wouldn't be negatively accountable for having physically wow. responded. That one what seems you, dangerous to me. What you would like, do back would not be considered assault because they assaulted you first with a fighting word. So, but how is that different from what we just said earlier about, like, uh,. I'm not responsible for my speech offending you. Like, or saying that you want to protect free speech, including the not just silencing people because we disagree with them or because we are offended by what they have to say. Mm-hmm. But if we say that I can react violently and not be held accountable because of how offended I was because of what you said, that seems really dangerous to me. I think there, I mean, there's a lot of like nuance sub, to it, sub statutes okay. that go into it. Um, like, you can't. Kill the person, then, right. uh, you know, like, okay. but Thank like goodness, <laughs> but like a slap or a push or even a punch, and 
Um, I don't know. Wow, that's surprising. I know that's. I'm pretty sure that's on the books in some places. Yeah, yeah right. Um, like uh, and like things that classify qualify as hate speech, like just walking up to a black person and saying the n word. Right. Um, in a way that's like aggressive. Yeah, yeah. And you can just imagine doing that in the most horrific way, and yeah. then a certain response yes, is justified. Is, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, those are like some four conditions. Those are, I think the four laid out by mill and that's an interesting starting place, but, mm-hmm. but everything else you can let her rip. It's yeah. free speech. Yeah. And that, that's a pretty open playing ground for yeah. saying stuff, you know? So, well, either way, it's interesting to see that there's a precedent now that's been set with mm-hmm. silencing the president and it will just be interesting to see what these platforms do moving forward like i don't know off the top of my head i just don't know i would like to know if the you know during the summer when riots were happening were people getting banned and suspended then for like showing posting videos or encouraging people to loot or riot or burn down buildings or whatever that sort of uh, I'm not totally sure. I don't know if people were getting suspended for that. Um, the most recent one I can remember, it's just been a long year of a lot of twists and turns. Yeah, know? yeah. The most recent one I do remember is uh, Twitter suspending the account of the New York Post mm. during the election of publishing that uh-huh. article about Hunter Biden's laptop. Yes, that's right. Like an actual news story Yeah. that it looks like now is going to be a... Um, they're gonna hold congressional hearings about it. Wow! Um, like it's a it's a big deal, but at the time when it was first released, it was silenced. Yeah. As as potential Russian disinformation. Wow. It's a tricky thing because I can, there's, I can imagine, Twitter, with good intent, trying to, stem the tides of you know. Um, hateful content or content that's going to be mislead, like trying to keep the information war under control. And when we think that might be Russian information, get that rid, get rid of that, whatever. And that I can see that happening with good intentions, but there's also an underbelly or dark side to it where if they have an agenda, they can totally shape the narrative however they want by silencing whoever they want on these various platforms. Um, so it's just as I wouldn't want to have that much power myself. You know, mm. I wouldn't, I don't envy being in that position. Yeah. Because I think you get all kinds of feedback where it's like very obviously silence this guy and get this off your platform and you're responsible if you don't, you know, mm-hmm. but it's a tricky precedent to set because then suddenly you become the arbiter of information flow for everybody. Yeah. What a tough spot to be in. And there's different levels to this too that they're, testing out and one is like just banning accounts yeah. which is like the ban hammer that's the ultimate move kind of but then you're also seeing probably more recently more frequently uh like the post is kind of grayed out it's like flagged and it says like you know fact checked or flagged for misinformation click here for some details and yeah um so that's a big responsibility of yeah like, the truth arbiter mm-hmm. um and that's it's not total free speech right because you're um casting doubt on yeah yeah. Uh, before the merits of the argument have been given yeah yeah you know 
you're you're right away you're, met you're with seeding it. Um, like yeah, yeah. You should. There's reasonable doubt to be had with this before you even read it. It's yeah. Like, mm. Um, so we'll see where that goes. I don't know. Crazy year. Six days into 2021. Yeah, and there's the- a Viking in the Capitol building. <laughs> that is, that's wild. We just, yeah, and even um, we just celebrated being done with 2020. We just celebrated a wonderful new year. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, man, it's tricky to know where it's going to go from here. And I know it's not looking super promising on social media, but at the very least, like what I was mentioning earlier, for the most part, like a vanishing, vanishingly small number of people agree with what happened. Mm-hmm. Most of us are looking on at what happened in the Capitol as horrifying. And I think it'd be nice if there was something positive we could rally around. But at the very least, here's something like, finally, we all kind of agree. We can all agree. Not that. Yeah. That's not the way. And so what can we do to make that not happen again? Mm-hmm. And there's there needs to be some concessions on both sides. I think... Mm-hmm. Um, those on the left will need to be more honest and consistent about when riots like the outcome like the the behavior of destroying and burning we should condemn across the board yeah um and those on the right need to be doing that as well like the same people that were if you're if you right now are finding yourself not condemning the protest but you were condemning the race riots in the summer then you're a hypocrite you're a hypocrite yeah. and you need to adjust your views accordingly mm-hmm. um yeah. yeah so um i am also like i i have the sense that uh president-elect biden would not have done what trump did and part i'm i'm looking forward to seeing what he does in office at yeah. this point yeah yeah um, as much as I'm not super excited just about him as a candidate yeah, um, and some of the policies that they're purported to try to enact, uh, I am looking forward to more like decorum and, and grace in yeah. the office yeah, yeah, and seeing what we can do with that. A little bit less of a loose cannon. Um, and reaching across the aisle and just getting to like say what you will about Trump and like the policies of the administration and what if you thought that was good for the economy before covid and everything Mm -hmm. it's like getting back to a time when the the statesmanness of the office i look forward to that and i don't know you know what i mean yeah 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 i do i know what you mean yeah yeah and yeah Yeah. well those are just a few thoughts we have on this this past week's uh events what i'm certainly no expert i'm just you know on the ground trying to figure this stuff out and what it means for us and I guess I, I would just want to encourage you as you go about having conversations with folks inevitably over the coming weeks about this and, you know, other political topics, I would encourage you to try to think outside the classic two-party label, the conservative, liberal, Democrat, Republican. Like, let's see how much common ground we can find here. Like you were just saying, we can all agree not that. We don't want that. Mm-hmm. And and if that's where like all the tension and division ultimately leads, we got to do something about it, you know? So, and that starts with us individually in our conversations as we interact with people who think differently than us. So, so on this yeah. podcast, we're all about having honest conversations, having honest disagreement in a way that doesn't get heated. Um, so... If that's new to you, go back and check out some of our episodes on the intellectual virtues. Do we have one up? What's it called? Why do this podcast? 
Yep. That'll, yep. that'll have a good discussion. Go check that of one out. Why do this yeah. podcast? Um, and I think it culminates, uh, there's a whole list of them, and it culminates in courage mm-hmm. because at that point, that's when you're faced with the decision, am I going to uh, like change my beliefs on the topic after yep. whatever? Being confronted with new yeah. information. Uh, and that doesn't mean like you switch to the other party. That's not where it's like, yeah, yeah. we switch to maybe this middle way, yep. this third party, whatever that could look like. I know I'm not saying libertarian or anything, but some, I hope for this new thing that emerges mm-hmm. that better captures the heart of America and the desire for sanity yeah. and a better future instead of just kind of old crusty battle lines yeah that at least for millennials like it's just m- making less sense yeah now um, yeah that's the, sort of the battle exposed. lines of the previous generation are don't seem as gripping yeah anymore yeah, so, yeah let's get back to some basics i had the thought just yesterday as i was thinking about this that i wonder if yeah this feels like it could be in a way birth pains you know like something new could be coming here Mm-hmm. that this has been the catalyst for and it just it just remains to be seen so yeah so thanks for watching if you want to join the conversation if we got stuff wrong and you can help fill in the blanks for us you can obviously leave a comment on this video write to us at the show openatruthpodcast.com or reach us directly openatruthpodcast at gmail.com we'd love to hear from you and interact with what you have to say so thanks for watching and thanks for listening uh, we'll see you next time stay curious stay curious